This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Amen. Good to see all of you this morning. Uh, we've been uh, out of pocket here a little bit, MIA, for a couple weeks. And uh, uh, Pastor Brian, how many of you enjoyed Pastor Brian? Yeah. Not a good message on faith. Glory to God. I mean, you know, uh, you just can't get enough of that. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. Faith is a lifestyle. It's a way of living. Thank God for the, the life of faith. Amen. You know, I used to live that other life, but thank God I got saved. I got delivered and I got healed. Hallelujah. And Jesus set me on a path just like so many of you. Praise God, where there's light and life and liberty and joy in the Holy Ghost. You know, the Bible says that uh, uh, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. You know, people, you know, what's that mean? Well, you know, um, under the Old Covenant in the Old Testament, you know, it was all about duty. It was all about, you know, keeping the law and, you know, things that were clean and unclean and all these other, you know, uh, uh, requirements, I guess you could say. But, you know, uh, Paul said that the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy. Everybody say joy. Joy Joy in the Holy Ghost. Thank God. You know, God never intended for this to be difficult. He just said, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Hallelujah. How many of you know salvation belongs to everybody? I said salvation belongs to everyone. The Bible says this. It says that God is not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance and have everlasting life. Hallelujah. He's not willing that any should perish. I remember my brother, he's 13 years older than me, hadn't uh, come into the knowledge of the truth yet. One time I was talking to him about Jesus. He says, well, I just believe, you know, that if God wants me to be saved, I'll be saved, you know, and if he doesn't, then I guess, you know, my, (laughs) my time's up or whatever. And I just told him, I said, well, Bob, I just want to let you know that with that kind of attitude and thinking, you're going to bust the gates of hell wide open. And, you know, it got kind of quiet after I made that statement, in the conversation anyway. But I went on to explain to him that it isn't a matter of fate. It isn't left up to God. It's left up to the individual. Are you listening to me? You know, you're the one. I am the one who has to make a decision, a choice. Hallelujah. You know, a choice for God, a, a choice for the salvation that is in Christ, or, or to reject Him, you know, and go your own way, live your own life, do your own thing. Certainly welcome to do that. God's made you a free moral agent to, you know, uh, choose whatever you will. But if you're wise, everybody say, I am wise. Yeah, praise God. If you're wise, you'll choose the right thing, and you'll choose Him. Hallelujah. Why? Because He loves you. The Bible says God so loved the world that he was willing to give his only begotten son. How many of you know that God gave his very best? Praise God. What, a, what an excellent sacrifice that God was willing to make. How many of you know we should give him our best? Amen. You know, uh, we might have a chance to talk a little bit about that as we go on. But he said he so loved the world that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And, you know, believing is more than just sentences, It's more than just talk. It's more than just, well, I believe. It's much more than that. The Bible says, for with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Praise God. So, you know, when we talk about believing, we're talking about believing with all of our heart, our soul, our mind. I mean, being all in. Not some kind of, you know, lip service that we give to God, but that our life 
uh, from our heart is completely His. And I tell you, that's when change occurs. Amen? I said, that's when change occurs. Glory to God forevermore. Amen. Well, I preached the first sermon already, so hope you enjoyed that. We want to welcome all of you that are watching online. Delighted you can be with us here this morning. Praise God. Got a good message for you. Believe you're going to be blessed as a result of being here, along with the rest of all of you. Not to mention the fact that when we get done with service, we're going to eat. Hallelujah. How many of you like to eat? Yeah, I took a two-week vacation. I was going to lose some weight. I gained four pounds. Hallelujah. You know, I mean, I thought to myself, oh, well, whatever. Hallelujah. Must have been good. Glory to God. Amen. No, uh, we have our United uh, Fellowship and Weekend this weekend, so we'd like to invite you to come and join us for a meal. We're having hamburgers, hot dogs, uh, French fries, fr- freshly, you know, cooked. Uh, they're going to be awesome. And I think there may be even some ice cream in your future if you're not lactose intolerant. Hallelujah. Amen. But it'll be great, so I hope you'll join us for that. Did you all bring a Bible with you this morning? Let's open our Bibles. Praise God. Now, did I dismiss the youth? I did that, right? Okay. I've been in the habit of forgetting that. I don't like people leaving. I like them to come, you know. But anyway, Uh, let's look at our Bibles here and open them to the book of uh, Mark, chapter 11. The 11th chapter of the book of Mark. Hallelujah, if you can find that opening either in your Bible or device or whatever it is that you're using this morning. Mark chapter 11, glory to God. And if you would please, let's pray together. Let's just prepare our hearts to receive from from heaven today. Father, we're just so grateful, Lord, that we have the privilege to come together, Father, in this house, to lift our voices, our hearts, our hands, praise and adoration to you. We thank you so much, Father for the life that we have in you. And Father, as we take this brief moment to look into the Word of God, the perfect law of liberty, I want to thank you in advance for opening the eyes of our understanding that our hearts may be enlightened to know what is the hope of your calling. Father, I thank you for giving us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Thank you, Lord, for helping us to see And I just thank you, Lord, that as we come together and hear the Word of God, that we'll go away blessed, edified, encouraged because of what it is that you've said and what it is you promised. So we thank you today, Father, for utterance in the Holy Ghost. I thank you, Lord God, for helping us to understand what it is that's being said and to make an application of it within our lives. And I thank you for that. In Jesus' precious name. And everybody said amen. Praise God. This morning I want to talk to you about the subject of faith. I mentioned my son had a great message last Sunday on the subject. And not only that, but I think that even Pastor Glenn on the midweek services have been doing the same because, you know, we're just living in a time where, praise God, it's important for a person to have faith. But not only that, but to know what real Bible faith is. And that's really what I want to talk to you about today because a lot of people, you know, uh, there's lots of definitions about faith. But what I'd like to do is try to, uh, in, a, in a brief and yet uh, concise kind of way, talk to you about what real Bible faith is, because that's the kind we want. Amen? We don't want some pseudo-faith. We don't want some kind of, you know, uh, uh, substitute or whatever. Praise God. We want the God kind of faith, the faith that moves mountains, the, th- the faith that changes lives, the, things that brings about, the faith that brings about God's will in our life. How many of you want to experience God's will in your life? Hallelujah. Well, the only way it's ever going to happen is through faith. Everything. Everybody say everything. everything. 
everything that you receive from heaven, you receive by faith. Salvation comes by faith. The Bible says, for by faith are we saved, you know, or I should say by grace are we saved through faith. That not of ourselves, it's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So anything and everything that you can talk about, you receive it as a result of a thing called faith, and it is precious. Hallelujah. And you know, you kind of got to wrestle with it, you know, to get your head and heart wrapped around what it really is and how it works. But I tell you what, praise God, when you do, it is fine. Hallelujah. It's wonderful. Praise God and brings great blessing in our lives. I want, to, I want you to look with me just at this one particular verse in Mark chapter 11 and verse 22. Notice what Jesus said here. Hallelujah. How many of you believe Jesus told the truth? Huh? If he were to give us some advice, don't you think he'd give us the right kind of advice? He would never lead us astray, would he? No, absolutely not. I mean, whatever Jesus said, it was the truth. He said, your word is truth. Hallelujah. But notice here in verse 22, he's talking to his disciples and he's, he answered them and said, have faith in God. Everybody say that with me. Have faith in God. Say it one more time have faith in God. So Jesus is giving his disciples some advice. And he said, hallelujah, to have faith in God. Now that's pretty good. That's pretty good advice, don't you think? Have faith in God. Now the reality is, is that people have a choice as to whether they're going to have faith in God or not. The Apostle Paul made reference to the fact that not everybody has faith. But yet Jesus said, you should do this. You should have this. Hallelujah. Now, realize this also, that God never asks us to do something we can't do. Huh? He would never ask us to have something that we couldn't have, right? So we can have faith. Jesus said, have faith in God. And I don't know if you noticed it or not, but we're living in a pretty mixed up world. Huh? I mean, there are people flying in every direction imaginable, but thank God for the solid rock and the foundation of his living word that provides guidance, that gives us the insight. And Father, you know, I'm just so glad that our Heavenly Father <clears throat> has seen fit to provide what it is that you and I need in the midst of a storm. Hallelujah. And the storms of life, they come to all of us. You know, I mean, <clears throat> doesn't make any difference who you are. Or it doesn't matter your social status. It doesn't make any difference about your position in life or anything of that nature. The storms come to everyone. Now, <clears throat> you know, a lot of times, I mean, I don't know if you probably you never experienced this before, but sometimes we just think we're invincible. Ah, it could never happen to me. Or, nah, 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 not me. But you know, about the time you get to thinking that way, your head ends up where your feet were just a moment ago. Are you listening to me? Because we are fallible creatures, and we need Him. Hallelujah. But Jesus, again, talking about this subject, He said, you know, whoever is a doer of the Word not a hearer of the, just a hearer. He's like a man who builds his house, his life upon a rock. And even though the storms and winds and the rain come, when it's all done, you're still standing. How many of you want to keep standing? Huh? Still be standing? And it's all predicated upon what you and I do with the Word of God, whether or not we're doers of it or not. Hallelujah. So 
you know, again, you know, living in the world that we live in, you know, all of the things that are going on, um, <clears throat> having faith in God, <laughs> I think it's a pretty good proposition, don't you? Hallelujah. At least it's something for us to consider. Well, you know, I just don't have faith like you do, Pastor. I don't, I don't have faith like this. Well, you may not, but thank God you can. You know, in the Bible, it talks about weak faith, but it also talks about strong faith. Huh? Talks about people who had no faith, but then it ha talks about people who had great faith. So all I'm trying to say to you is, is the option is available. Hallelujah. And if faith is what can put you over in life, don't you want to have some of it? Huh? I mean, don't you want to have at your disposal this thing called faith so that when it's needed, it's available for you to be able to exercise and practice? Now, bear in mind, if you think you're going to wait until the storm shows up to do it, you're in trouble. Are you listening to me? You're in bad shape. It's like people, you know, that just experienced the hurricane, you know, down in Louisiana and Texas. I mean, they said, it's coming. And then they described its force and what would happen and so on and so forth. And so some people, you know, were evacuated. Others were bored and things. What are they doing? They're preparing for what it is that's coming. So what you and I can do just as a ready matter of our lives and lifestyle and the way we live, we just steadily, you know, feed upon the word of God so that faith can come to our heart. So that when the, when the damaging winds or whatever comes, thank God we're standing strong. We're on a sure foundation, just like we got done singing about this morning. Glory to God. But don't wait to build your house when the storm hits. I don't know if you've ever carried a four by eight sheet of plywood or not in the wind, but it doesn't work out very good. Huh? I mean, you know, I mean, it's just, you know, can you do it? Well, maybe with some help or whatever, but you know, the thing ends up turning into a kite and you're on the end of it. So it's just better, praise God, if we make sure that we got this thing going in the right direction. Glory to God. So, you know, I'm just telling you this morning, uh, dear friends, that, that faith is an imperative. And I'm not talking about, you know, when you talk or by defining faith that, you know, well, I belong to this church or that church or whatever. It's not a denominational preference. Faith is a relationship that we have with a living God. Are you listening to me? And there's an intimacy that is associated with it that brings, you know, life and blessing and peace and joy to our lives. So he said, have faith in who? Who? He said, have faith in God. Again, not in yourself, you know, not in nature, you know. You know, I understand nature's cool, you guys, but you know, when people go out there and say, well, you know, this is my God, uh, you're missing the force for the trees quite, quite literally. Huh? God made nature, and it, in all of its beauty, is awesome. But that's not God. That's something that came from God. Are you with me? You know, and so it's important for us to understand that, again, we're talking about a relationship. You know, let me say it to you this way. Faith is personal. It's personal. I can't have faith through my wife. I can't have, you know, my kids can't have faith through me. Faith is personal. It's a, it's a relationship that we have with him Glory to God that is, is, it's real, it's alive, it's active. You know, for 19 years of my life, well, not all of those, but, you know, up until I was probably 13 years old, I mean, I was going to church all the time because my parents made me go to Sunday school. I didn't go to church, I went to Sunday school. 
And, you know, I listened to the teachers, and they, you know, were well-meant in, you know, teaching me the Bible and things. And I, I certainly did learn some things, but I didn't learn. I, I didn't come to know him. I didn't have a relationship with God. It was academic. It was book, bookish, you know. And, and so it didn't, it didn't bring change. How many of you know what I'm talking about? It wasn't until I came to the realization that I needed a Savior, that I needed to be forgiven, that I was a sinner, and that without Him, I was not going to heaven. Now, that really wasn't the thing I think that drove my decision as much is, is that in the heart of every man, woman, and child, there is a desire to know God. Are you listening to me? I mean, even though, may, you know, many people, the way they behave and they say, well, I don't believe in God, I'm an agnostic or whatever, you know, the, the Bible makes it clear that in every person there is this void that cannot be filled with anything but Him. And I just came to that place and I said, God, I need you, you know. And, and sometimes that's very difficult for, for men or women, for, you know, mankind, if you want to call it that, because we don't want to feel like we need anything. You know, we just want to, you know, uh, be our own person or whatever the case might be. But the reality is, is that you need him. And it doesn't make any difference who you think you are. You know, some folk, you know, they got a lot of different ideas. But at the end of the day, baby, you need him. Are you listening to me? And so it becomes imperative to us that, that we move in that direction. So, you know, in thinking about that, you got to ask yourself, well, you know, if I need faith in God, how do I do that? You know, um, well, it begins by discovering what it is that he has said. You know, as much as I went to Sunday school and, you know, church on, you know, different occasions and things like that, it wasn't until I heard what it is that he said when I was a 19-year-old teenager that I came into the knowledge of the truth. And the thing that happened was, is that I yielded or I bowed my heart to listen to him. Does that make sense to you? You know, a lot of people, they hear the Bible all the time, but it doesn't do them any good. Unless you posture your heart to hear what it is that he is saying. In other words, to yield to his counsel. What's unfortunate a lot of times is, is that people say, well, you know, I, I, I want God and I want, you know, his blessing and all that, but I want to do it on my terms. I want to do it the way I want to do it. That's not the way it works. And the reality is, is that you never will benefit from what it is that God promises and offers to you until there is this yielding to him from your heart. And boy, I tell you what, when that happens, everything changes. Aren't you glad for that? You know, the same thing's true in our everyday lives as believers, you know, we'll come up against things in life and we're just struggling and we're having all kinds of challenges and we're worried about this and, you know, we're concerned about that and we're frustrated about the other thing. But it's when we yield ourselves to him to simply say, God, I need your help, God. You know, I need your wisdom. God, you know, I open myself up to your possibilities in my life. That's where, you know, God, it's an amazing thing. You know, he'll stand by. He'll let you do whatever you want to do. 
all of the time knowing what it is that should be done, but until we ask, he never breaches, he never, he never moves beyond his place until you ask, because he's made you a free moral agent to decide, to do, to live, whatever. He gives you his counsel, you know, found in the written word of God. He tells you the truth. Come on now. And then it's up to us. Everybody say, it is up to us. Yeah, it's up to you and I. It's up to what we decide. But I tell you what, praise God, there's no life like the life of faith. There's no life like living for God every day. There's no life when you get up. When I got up this morning and I kind of looked through out of our bedroom into our bathroom and out the window, I said, God, what a day you've made for us. It was beautiful. You know, I mean, the sun hadn't come up yet, but it was on its way. Aren't you glad when you get up in the morning, the sun's coming up? I mean, if that sucker never comes up one day, you're going to be in trouble. Huh? You say, whoa, things, things have changed. Huh? Come on. Glory to God. Amen. So, so Jesus said to have faith in God. How do we do that? Well, if we're going to have Bible faith or have faith in God, we need to discover what it is that he has said. We need to accept it or believe it and then act accordingly. Hallelujah. You know, in Deuteronomy, the Bible says, God speaking through Moses, he said, I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life so that both you and your seed may live. Hallelujah. So he gives us the choice. And the way that we, again, how faith comes is by finding out or discovering what it is that God has said about our lives. I didn't know that God had a plan for my life until I read in the Bible and said, look, look at there. He says, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give a hope, to give you hope and to give you a future. That's a good deal. Jeff, I mean, any way you slice a banana, baby. I mean, if somebody wants to give you, you know, uh, uh, life and life more abundant, that's a good deal. Why wouldn't we choose that? Huh? Well, unless, you know, we thought that we knew better than God did, like most human beings sometimes do. But uh, praise God, he's got a better way. So we have to discover what it is that God has said. Look with me at this verse of Scripture in Romans uh, chapter uh, 10. Um, my lesson to you this morning or message to you this morning is not, you know, wildly profound or deep beyond comprehension. It's pretty simple. But notice in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, the Bible says, So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Everybody say the word of God. Faith comes by hearing the word of God, not just once, but by a continual hearing of the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So faith now, we're talking about Bible faith, faith that changes our world, you know, faith that brings transformation, only has one source, and that, that source is the Bible, okay? So, you know, a lot of people say, well, I'm just praying for faith. You're wasting your time. Faith doesn't come by praying. Well, you know, the Bible says, but you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Well, thank God for praying in the Holy Ghost, but all that's doing is edifying you upon the faith that you already have, and that faith that you have was the result of what you've chosen to believe that's in the book. 
So it becomes imperative for us, praise God, to be hearers, and not only hearers, but doers of the word. Amen. You know, in the Old Testament, God told his people all the time, he says, you know, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you'll meditate therein day and night so that you can observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. So the success of our life is all predicated on what you and I do with the word. So the more of it that we can get on the inside of us, the better off we're going to be. How many of you believe that? So what would my advice be to you? You know, if you hadn't become a student of the Word, become one. If you hadn't come up with a regular uh, uh, devotion, if you want to call it that, do it. Every day, praise God, there ought to be an exposure of our lives to the counsel that is found therein. Amen? And if I believe that if we'll do that, that it'll bless you. Now, a lot of folk, you say, well, I read the Bible every day. You know, I got my Bible reading program. Hallelujah. Good for you. But that's not the kind of reading I want you to talk about, or I'm not talking about. I'm talking. You're not talking. I'm talking. You knew that before I said that, didn't you? Well, anyway, what I'm talking about is where you and I read the Word of God and we walk through the Bible with Him. You know, when we talk about the Apostle Paul, and especially in the New Testament, you know, and particularly in the, you know, the Gospels and then the letters that were written to the church, these are places where you and I need to hang out a lot, and especially with Jesus. You know, I can read the story that I just got done uh, using as a text where it talks about how that, you know, Jesus made this statement to his disciples to have faith in God. But, but built all around that are, are the moods and the emotion and the circumstance and the situation that was, you know, there. And, and that's what I'm talking about where, where we're thinking about the circumstances. You know, I mean, when you, when you read the Gospels, it's like walking with Jesus and, and you're watching how it is that he reacts to the various people that he had his interactions with. The leper on an occasion said that, if you will, you can make me clean. Jesus said, I will. Huh? You know, people talk about God's willingness, you know, when it comes to healing. That scripture right there tells me about the willingness for God to heal, does it not? He said, I know you, essentially he's saying, I know you can do this if you're willing. And so Jesus just said, I am willing, be thou cleansed. And immediately this man was made whole. The Bible talks about how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. And he went about doing good. Everybody say good. Yeah, he went about doing good and healing. Everybody say healing or making whole those that were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. Now, I don't know if you know it or not, but there's a lot of theology in the world today that somehow or another, you know, puts God in the middle of the sickness and the disease that's going on on the earth today. And he has nothing to do with it whatsoever. Sickness and disease is a curse. It's not a blessing. That's why Jesus came to redeem us from the curse. You say, well, why is it going on in the world today if Jesus redeemed us? Well, because, praise God, by faith, we understand the word of God to be true and to be real and that he has redeemed us. And so we take a place in our faith before God that healing belongs to us. Himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. 
Hallelujah. And carried away our diseases. Amen. Every time my wife and I pray, we just thank God, praise God, that he took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. That he blesses our bread and our water. Glory to God. And health and strength is ours. That's our confession. That's the confession of our faith. Hallelujah. You know, and, and I don't know if you realize it or not, but when you get older, you know, you get a few little more aches and pains. Anybody know that? Have any of you witnessed that? But I don't talk about my aches and pains. I said, I never talk about my aches and pains because praise God, I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. As my day is, so shall my strength be. Amen. I'm not going to, you know, lift up whatever it is that's deficient. I'm going to talk about what it is that God has provided. Are you listening to me? Thanks for your excitement. Hallelujah. And those of you, those of you that aren't there yet, you will be. But praise God, let it be a lesson. You know, faith always has a good report. You know, it's not my aching back and my this and that and what I got. It's not yours if you don't take it. Huh? I'm kind of getting off my subject here, but a lot of times people take things into their lives by what they say. Take no thought saying. You ever thought about that before? Well, I didn't know nothing about that. You know, it, uh, uh, nobody told me, you know, that, that, that this little thing here is the rudder for the ship of my life that sets me in the course that I'll take. Are you with me? You know, the Bible says in, in this context that we read from our text, Jesus said, he said, verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass. He'll have whatever he says. Amen. He'll have whatever he says. Let me ask you an important question this morning. What is it you're saying? Are the things that you say filled with anxiety? Are they filled with concern? Are they filled with the worries and the cares of this world? Or are they the things that God has said about you? That he will care for you. That he supplies for you. That there's resource available to you. That he took your infirmity and bare your sicknesses. What is it that we say? And here's the reason I bring this up. Is because... You, know, you ready for this? Instead of people... Having what they say, people are saying what they have. And there's a big difference. Huh? Amen. You know, it gets a little tight. All of a sudden, you know, you're looking at your bank account or whatever the case might be. And then all of a sudden you start talking. Well, how is it that you talk? Well, I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, I mean, you know, we're short. We had some extra expenditures here and things, you know what? And, uh, well, instead of saying that, just say, Father, I'm just so grateful that you supply all my needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Amen? You will have what you say. Instead of getting, and you say, well, that's kind of like, you know, mind game, psychosomatic, mumbo jumbo kind of stuff. No, it's not. It's the Bible. Amen? I'm setting the course for my life in the direction that I believe that God wants me to go. So I'm going to say what he says. Huh? You remember when Isaac, you know, he was questioning his dad. He says, hey, dad, we got everything except the sacrifice. Huh? Well, Abraham knew what the sacrifice was. 
But he instead, when he was asked the question, where is the sacrifice? He said, God will provide. Amen. I mean, you talk about a a daunting um, uh, thing that he was facing as an individual, you know. But I'm telling you what, praise God. He said the right thing and God showed up. Are you listening to me? And the same thing's true with your life and mine. Hallelujah. You know, if you're in a place of discouragement and despair, I'm telling you, that's the perfect place for God to show up big. He wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can even ask or think because of the power of God that is within you. But he needs your faith. He needs you to start saying what he says. He needs for you to start believing what it is that he has promised. Hallelujah. You know, he's got to have something to work with. Huh? You know, just give him something to work with. God wants to do the miraculous. He wants to perform the things that he has promised within our lives. But he can't do it if we turn and walk away. Huh? Remember when Jairus, you know, came to Jesus, had a dire need in his life. His daughter was about to die. Jesus said, I'll come and heal her. They're on their way. They got interrupted with a woman with the issue of blood. She gets healed by the power of God. All of a sudden, this, you know, entourage comes from his house, says, trouble not the master any further. Your daughter's dead. Well, you know, right there, I mean, you know, I mean, sometimes we have situations in our lives that seem so lifeless, you know, and that there's no way. And yet all of a sudden, Jesus turns to this guy and says, don't be afraid. And they went to the house. Sure enough, she's passed away. But you know what? God is able. Everybody say, God is able. You know, and there were people that were there that laughed Jesus to scorn, you know, and they, and they just despised what it is that he represented. What did he represent? The kingdom of heaven. So what did he do? He sent them all away. He turned them all out. You know, the thing of it is, is that if you want to get in the middle of the blessing, praise God, you better be a believer or there's stuff going to happen that you're not going to see. Are you with me? Yeah, he sent them all home. Huh? But he and a few of the disciples that were with him and those parents went in that room and God did the miraculous for them. And God gave that set of parents their child back. So I tell you what, this faith stuff is kind of nice. Amen? And you can have it and I can have it. You know, some of you are concerned about your loved ones. I'm telling you what. You know, (laughs) God's will with regard to them hasn't changed, no matter how ornery they're becoming. Are you listening to me? Praise God. You're the one that stands in the gap between them and hell. And you just say, no, you don't, devil. They're they're going to heaven. Are you listening to me? Praise God. Well, so anyway, there's only one source you can get faith from, and that's the Bible. So again, please... Let it become a habit in your life where you're thinking about the Word of God, where, you, where, you, where you, you go to a place without distraction and live there with Him. Does that make sense to you? We have so many distractions. We've got entertainment. We've got television. We've got radio. We've got this. We've got that. All of these things, you know, you pile them up together and pretty soon you've got no time for Him. So I encourage you to do that, praise God, because you'll be blessed. Amen? You know, think about Mary. Think about little Mary. She's, what, a 15, 17-year-old girl? And an angel comes to this young girl and says, you are highly favored. Woo! 
she had to be scared out of her wits. I guarantee you the hair on the back of her head, Doug, was way up. Because she'd never experienced anything like this before. But the word of the Lord. Now, again, it came in a spectacular kind of way, but she still had a choice. Are you listening to me? And so the word of the Lord through the angel Gabriel that had come from the presence of God tells her that she is going to be the mother of Christ in a paraphrased way. Now, she said, how can it be? I don't know a guy or anything. And, and so the angel explains to her how this is going to happen, that the Holy Ghost is going to overshadow her and the thing that is conceived in her will be the child of God. Hallelujah. And here's the important point in all of that is that when it was all said and done, she said, behold, the handmaiden of the Lord, be it unto me according to your, what's the next one? Your word. Be it unto me according to your word. Dear friends, when it comes to your personal life, that's what you need to say every... I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what things are going the wrong way and sideways and whatever. You just say, Father, be it unto me according to your word. Hallelujah. I believe you. Is this registering? You know, praise God. I mean, why do we carry worry around? Why do we carry anxiety with us? Why do we, you know, get all stirred up about this and that and the other? Well, a lot of it's because of doubt and unbelief. Now, you know, I mean, don't get mad at me because I told you that. But that's, you know, I mean, he said to cast all of your care onto him. Why? Because he cares for you. My wife and I were just talking. She was listening to Stephen Furtick, and he was sharing a testimony about his dad, that his dad had uh, come up with a medical condition. And, you know, sometimes people, when they... they uh, they have these conditions and things, they're not always in their right mind. And, and as a result, he was really concerned about whether or not his dad might take his own life. And so uh, he went to a counselor just to talk to him about it and things. And, you know, he says, I think my, my, my dad may take his life tonight. And, you know, instead of saying, nah, he won't do that. He said, well, what if he does? Well, I never thought about that before. Huh? We don't think in those terms. You know, and that's not necessarily something that we want to have happen. You, you, you with me? But the thing of it is, is on the other hand, as it turned out, by the way, he didn't. Okay. You know, he just died of natural causes. I mean, you know, in, in that context. But, but the point is, is that all, for all of the worrying and all of the care and the everything that we so often, I mean, the energy that we, you know, use for some of these things, instead of casting our care onto him, it's amazing. Are you listening to me? I mean, that's good advice for you that are concerned about your kids or whoever it is, your loved one, you know, that you're wanting to see come into the kingdom of God. A lot of times we actually have the door shut in God's opportunity to speak into people's lives because, you know, we're all wrought up and caring. We don't, we're, not, we're not in a place of faith. Does that make sense to you? So if you're concerned about your loved one, praise God, let's get over into a place of faith where we're not letting the devil use it. I'm talking to somebody here today. Letting the devil use it as a means to control your life by anxiety and worry and care. Are you listening to me? I told you about my brother. 
you know, and I shared with him about the gospel. Well, I'd like to say, you know, I led him to the Lord, but I didn't. But, you know, on the other hand, thank God for the great physician. You know, because we just prayed for him and said, Father, we just want to thank you in advance for the salvation of my brother, Bob Kelstrup, in Jesus' name. And guess what? Somebody else talked to him, and he got saved. Got turned on to the Word. Hallelujah. Came to this church, got filled with the Holy Ghost. It was awesome. We had this service. People got filled with the Holy Ghost. We got all done. And, you know, and, and uh, he began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave him the utterance, and he was excited. So we went back home. We were going to have lunch, and we were getting ready to have lunch. We were going to say grace. And all of a sudden, we looked around, and I couldn't find my brother. He's downstairs praying in other tongues. <laughs> Hallelujah. He's pretty excited about this gift that came from heaven. Glory to God. Glory to God. So we're going to cast all of our care. Everybody say all. Yeah, all of our care onto him. Why? Because he cares for us. Praise God. And why are we going to do that? Because that's what he told us to do, and we have faith. We're discovering what it is that God has said, or the will of God for our lives. Hallelujah. And, uh, and with that comes the blessing of God. Let me talk to you just a little bit here for a few more minutes about the characteristics of faith. You know, real Bible faith, it carries with it the quality or characteristic of humility. And I mentioned this a little bit uh, earlier, you know. In other words, humbly accepting what God has said. You know, sometimes you just need to get along with God and unpeel your heart in front of Him. Do you know what I mean by that term? That means where you're not talking about, well, God, you know I need this, and I, this ain't working for me, and I, you know, you said this, and blah, blah, blah. Zip it, baby. There's a better attitude and a de- better approach to say, God, you know, without you, I can do nothing. And I need you. Are you with me? Humility. The Bible says, son, attend to my words. Daughters, attend to my words. Incline your ear to my saying. If you, if you think you're going to know it all, and that, you know, the only way that God's ever going to do anything for you is on your terms, you're wasting your time. You might as well just go do something else. huh? But if you come with him in, with humility, and that is a characteristic of faith, amen? You know, Jesus made this statement. Do you think that Jesus was a person of faith? Huh? Well, didn't he say of his own words and his own lips, didn't he say, I can't of my own self do nothing? We're talking about the son of the living God, man. And I'm, I, I'd venture to say that if he can do nothing, <laughs> where's that leave the rest of us? Huh? Everybody say, I need him. You need him. Praise God. We all need him. Glory to God. So there is that aspect of humility. Praise God. And, um, and that's the way, it, 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 you know, so many things can be received from heaven if we just do it his way. Again, I come back to my own experience, you know, when I was saved. You know, prior to that, you know, I mean, there were people that were bending in my ear and, you know, pushing me down the aisle and all this. You know, you, you can take people, people down the aisle. They come down here and they can pray a prayer. But, dude, if they didn't want to come, guess what? We got nothing. To, huh? You know, it's like a little boy, you know, that gets sit in the corner because of something you did wrong, you know. And he just says, well, I might be sitting down on the outside, but I'm standing up on the inside. You know? No, it really, it wasn't, you know, 
and my experience was, you know, people were, they knew I needed Christ. I knew I needed Christ. Boy, did I need Jesus. Man, I needed him bad. And so did some of you, so don't be looking at me in that tone of voice. But, you know, I mean, I just, um, um, I can remember going, you know, to different meetings and people would say, you know, if you want to, I'll go down there with you. And, you know, and so they'd walk me down there, you know, we'd pray. And I, you know, I was under conviction, you know, but I didn't give him my heart. I just went through the motions. Are you with me? It wasn't until in my heart, driving down a road, L34 north of BB Town, that I gave him my heart. I gave him my life. I, I gave, and see, he knows when you know. Huh? You know, you, all kind of folk, they play games, but I'm telling you what, dude, when you, know, you get down to the, where the rubber meets the road, it's just a mano a mano. And it's about your heart and his. Well, you know, I don't want to give him my heart. If he does, you know, if I do that, he might make me a missionary. So what? Well, I don't want to be a missionary. I wouldn't worry about it. You don't want to wind up in hell because you didn't pray a prayer because you didn't want to be a missionary, do you? I'd rather be a missionary and wind up in heaven. <clears throat> it's funny how we think sometimes. I did the same thing. People do it all the time. Well, if I, if I make Jesus the Lord of my life, then I'm not going to be able to do this and this and this and this. Well, you know, a lot of the this, 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 and this, you know, in your heart is not pleasing to him. And all it does is kill, steal, and destroy. So why do you want to hang on to it anyway? And let me give you another piece of advice as long as we're talking about it. You've got to understand that God is not a bunch of do's and don'ts. But he will change your wants and he'll change your needs. Amen. But it never happens until you give him, or I, I use the word let go. I don't know if that's the right term to use, but it's the best one I got. When you let go of your life, Jesus said it this way. He said, whoever hangs on to and loves their life will lose it, but whoever gives it up for the sake of the kingdom of God will find it. That's exactly what he's talking about. Amen. Well, I don't want to give him this part of my life. You know, if I do that, then I won't be able to do this. Well, that's, that's good human reasoning, but it sure robs you of the blessing of God. How many of you are still glad you came today? You know, so in my situation, again, I can only speak for myself, but, you know, in my heart, driving down that road, you know, number one, I knew he was right. And I also knew that I needed him. I needed forgiveness. You know, and, and it's, it's, I don't know if you want to call it this thing where just everything kind of comes to this one spot. Uh, maybe, if that's the way you would define it. But I tell you what, I just came to that place and I said, God, I, I, I need you. And he said, I know it. So I said, if you're real, now that's not very faith-filled, but I said, if you are, I want you to come to my heart and be the Lord of my life. Well, he's real, so he did. Are you with me? And life changed forever. Praise God. Hallelujah. In other words, this is the point I want to make. I invited him into my life. And I gave him control. Now, when you do that, you guys, life changes. 
And interestingly enough, is when you do that, your life is so filled with him and the blessing of God comes to you. But all of a sudden, for whatever reason, all hell breaks loose out here. What do I mean by that? You know, you, 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 you uh, let people know that you gave your heart to Jesus and they get mad about it. Huh? You know, I gave him all my heart, all my life, all my soul. They said, oh, you got religion, huh? I said, no, man, I got a relationship with Jesus. And I'm going to live for him. You think about that little old Mary. She said, be it unto me according to your word. We have no idea the abuse and the rejection. And I mean, whatever it is that you want to try to explain. I mean, back then when somebody came up pregnant and they weren't married, they, they stoned them. Huh? And yet this, you know, I, I don't know that she probably thought through that whole process when she said, I'm in. But I tell you what, she felt the, the, the pain or the press that came with being obedient to him. Would you agree? And you're going to experience that. When you say, hey, man, I have decided I'm going to follow Jesus, then there's always pushback. There's always people, you know, that say whatever it is they say. You know, I mean, it's, it's, there's a whole myriad of things, you know, that come up with it. Because it's, it's contrary to the world. You know, the world's going one direction, and, and the kingdom of heaven is going another direction. And um, so we have to understand that. So one of the characteristics of faith is humility. One of the, the another characteristic of faith is that it's of the heart. And I think I've I think I've tried to, you know, unpack that a little bit for you, what I mean. Because again, a lot of people in their head, they, they say a lot of things, they believe a lot of things and whatever, but the relationship we have with God is not up here, it's here. For with the heart, man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So, <clears throat> when here's another characteristic, I mentioned this a couple weeks ago, but when it comes to Bible faith, there's got to be movement, talks cheap, you know, and uh, a lot of people say they have faith, but their works do betray them. What did Jesus say? He said, you'll know them by their fruit. Oh, I'm a Christian. You know, I haven't darkened the door of a church and God only knows how long, but they're a Christian. That means nothing. Are you listening to me? You know, and not to mention the fact that their behavior, the things, the way they live, is contrary to what the Bible teaches. Am I in the right house? He said, you will know them by their fruit. And, you know, I, did, I didn't make the rules, you know. This is just the way it is. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Are you still glad you came? <laughs> it's tight, baby, but it's right. Hallelujah. Just keep smiling. You're okay. Just breathe. You know, just keep breathing. In faith's hall of fame, you want a place to start to get faith? Read Hebrews chapter 11 until you wear it out. Hallelujah. It says, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things that are not seen. And by faith, the elders obtained a good report. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things that appear were not made of that which does appear, I should say. Hallelujah. And then it goes on and it talks about Abel and, and Cain, you know. 
and how that by faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice. Woo! Faith is an excellent sacrifice. And because of it, he obtained witness, praise God, from heaven that his, his offering pleased God. Now his brother, bless his heart, he didn't get it. And he took his brother's life over an offering. Are you listening to me? So you can read it, you know, and when, here's the thing about it is when these people heard from heaven, they moved. When you hear from heaven, you got to move. I said, when you hear from heaven, you got to move. I'm sitting in a bar stool and in a bar and God says, the Holy Ghost says, you don't belong here. It's time to move. And I moved, never went back. God will clean your life up if you let him. Well, you know, now, you know, you don't have to, you know, do all of that. You know, I mean, dude, listen, listen to me. I'm telling you, when you, when you hear, well, now you don't have to, you better be careful. People say, you don't have to go to church all the time. You don't have to pay your tithes. You don't have to do this. You don't have to do that. Well, what are we doing here? We're living life on our terms, not his. Huh? And you can do that. But I'm telling you, the blessing of God is, is when he says, jump, you say, how high? Hallelujah. And there's a blessing in that. Amen? Amen. I said, there's a blessing in that. Keep smiling. It's almost over. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Glory to God. You know, these are, I, you know, here's the thing. You know, we want the blessing of God, but you have to do it his way. And I didn't make those rules. Glory to God. And all of these people, like I said, when, when they heard from heaven, they did something. You know, for example, I'll give you a couple examples. You ready for that? You're still breathing. The Bible says, love not the world, neither the things that be in the world. For the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the uh, uh, pride of life are not of God. And you see it in the world. I mean, people, I mean, they're all about themselves. They're all about their pleasures. They're all about their own personal desires. And you talk about pride and arrogancy. Wow. Hallelujah. You know, but when you start walking with God, he'll say, uh, you know, this little thing you got going on on here in your life. And you go, uh, yeah, that doesn't please me. So let's change that. That's what faith does. It moves. Amen. I talk about from time to time because it keeps it comes up all the time. Jordan and Sharon Howard. Uh, when they got saved and turned on to the Word of God, they had a whole uh, cabinet full of booze, good stuff, you know, expensive hooch stuff, you know. And one day they had, or one night they had a party, and they got it all out of there, and they poured it down a drain. That's movement. Did you hear me? Why? Because it sets the pace for the rest of your life. This couple right here, now how long has it been now? Where are we at? October 3rd. Coming up on a year. Sober clean, dry, and no more booze. Praise God forevermore. That's movement. That's movement. Are you listening to me? I, I, since I'm here, there's a Merle Avis sitting over there. I grew up with him. When we got fired, we decided to have a party. We bought a couple cases of beer and went for it. That's, B, that's BC, okay, remember? Okay, you know? And, and, and here's a man that's sitting on a, a pew in a church service loving Jesus and serving and living 
for him when he was bound by alcohol and drugs and every other thing you can imagine, and Jesus set him free. That's movement. Are you listening to me? Amen. Yeah, give him a great big shout of praise. And, and I'm sure many of you, you say, well, I, you know, I wasn't all this sordid, bad, and all this and that and the other. But I'm telling you what, when you give your heart to Jesus, it's worth celebrating. Are you listening to him? And not only that, but we're moving in a direction. Now, you know, some of you, maybe you're in a situation right now and you say, well, I just, I can't, I can't get out. I can't, that's not true. The devil has told you you can't. But I'm telling you, the Bible says all things are possible to him that believes. And so you can. And it may not be, you know, that you're abusing alcohol or whatever. It could be worry. Some people, you know, they're just, they're bound by their, their anxieties and things of that nature. I'm, I'm telling you, Jesus wants to set you free. That's no way to live. Well, you know, what about this? What about, well, what about it? Hallelujah. You know, it's just something to cause people, you know, to, to I'll give you another thing. We're talking about movement. Um, <clears throat> probably, well, it can happen in men, but maybe more so in, in, in ladies or gals, where you end up having this low self-esteem of yourself. You know, you don't look like the girl that's on the uh, magazine that's been airbrushed. There aren't any women that look like that. Are you listening to me? You know, but, but it affects it. It impacts our lives in a negative kind of way. Are you listening to me? And so if you're not careful, that can get a hold of you. And then you, feel, you look upon yourself inappropriately. Are you listening to me? And so what I tell you is, is in, in the book of Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, it says, you are the workmanship of God created in Christ Jesus under good works which God has before ordained that you should walk in them. You are his workmanship. Are you listening to me? So you may not look like this or that or the whatever, but you belong to him, praise God, and he is the one who has created you, and that is what it is that you need to focus your attention on instead of, you know, you know, all of that, okay? Because stuff moves, huh? Remember I told you I gained four pounds when I was going to lose weight on vacation. It moved, that's all, I don't know. Hallelujah. But I'm happy. Amen. Glory to God. Are you listening to me? Don't let this stuff steal your joy. Now, if you need to do something, that's fine. You know, don't get all, you know, knotted up about what the pastor just got done saying. I'm going to go have a hamburger when it's over. <laughs> Hallelujah. Faith doesn't mean that we do nothing. Actually, quite the opposite. Faith is released and revealed both in word and action. Hallelujah. James talked a lot about that. He says, well, you say you have faith, but watch this. Hallelujah. And so <clears throat> Abraham, the Bible says he offered up his son Isaac. Movement. Are you with me? You know, these people did something. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So um, what can we do here? How do we do this? I, 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 I'm going to close. Number one, begin now to feed yourself the Word of God. Like I said in the New Testament, particularly in the Gospels. Number two, renew your mind to think the way that God thinks about you and about life. Just like I got done talking to you about the self-esteem issue, you know. Nobody's perfect, 
but you're created in his image and he loves you. Hallelujah. And that's what's important. The Bible says that we're not to be conformed to this world, but transformed. Everybody say transformed by the renewing of your mind. So feed on the word of God, renew your mind to the way God thinks about life and about you. Romans 12 and 2. Number three, become or increase in being a doer of the word. Hallelujah. What do I mean by that? Well, if you're given to strife, stop it. Get it out of your life. If you're given to anger, stop it. Get it out of your life. You say, well, I just, you know, that's just kind of the way I am. No, that may be the way you are, but thank God, God wants you to be different. And he wants to empower you to do it. Maybe, you know, if there's unforgiveness in your life, get out, get it, get it out. Hallelujah. Well, I don't feel like it. It's not about the way you feel. It's about choice. It's about will. It's about decision. If you allow your emotions to control your life, <coughs> you'll never get anywhere. Huh? You know, a lot of times I don't, I don't feel like getting up and going preaching. But I'm here. But if I went by the way I felt, I'd say, baby, let's just stay in bed. Huh? She's saying, no, you're going to get up, go. And she's my second Holy Ghost. <laughs> Hallelujah. I got the Holy Ghost and I got her. Hallelujah. No, we walk by faith, not by the way we feel. Are you with me? Glory to God. And so, <clears throat> so again, number three is uh, uh, become um, or increase. Many of you, you know, you're doing, doing great things, doing the Word of God. That's great. But increase in being a doer of the Word of God and get the things that aren't good out of your life. And then number four, we talked about this, but I really encourage you, you everyone, listen to me. You need to develop an intimacy with God for yourself. Not your spouse's intimacy, yours. Personal, a relationship with God. Let me ask you this question. What are you afraid of? Because most of the time, people are running the other direction from intimacy with God because they're afraid of something. And you know, perfect love, the Bible says, casts out fear. Maybe you're that guy, you know, you know, you say, well, you know, man, if I, you know, if I open my heart up to him, he's probably going to tell me something I don't want to do. Don't worry about it. Do it anyway. He'll work it out. Amen. Amen. Well, that's all I got. So I hope you uh, uh, derive something from that because, uh, you know, we're living in uh, the last days, but you know what? We're living in some glorious days. Did you hear me? There's a hope within our heart. If you're a believer, a child of God, you know he's coming again. And I tell you what, life's worth living for him. Amen? Even though it may become, you know, uh, pretty woolly in the world, thank God, he said that only with your eyes will you behold and see the reward of the wicked. That, I tell you, Psalm 91 ought to be something you wear out. Huh? God is my refuge. Huh? And my strength. He is an ever-present help in the time of trouble. No matter what happens, though the earth be removed and the mountains fall in the midst of the sea, praise God. You know, that's, that's pretty traumatic. You know, if you see California slide off into the ocean, just say, well, God said, it, you know, it might happen. Hallelujah. But he said he'd take care of us. Y'all believe that today? I want you to believe that, praise God. He'll take care of you. 
You know, you do your part, you build your house, you do it on the rock, praise God, when the storm comes, you'll just be fine. Hallelujah. Why don't you stand with me this morning? Praise God. I've been sitting quite a while. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Father, we love you so much. Thank you for your blessing in our lives today, Father. As we come to you today, Father God, I just want to thank you for these precious people. And even those, Father, that are watching uh, online. God, we, just, we come to you today, Father, without one plea, but that his blood was shed for each and every one of us. And so, Father, as we pray to get today, I ask you, Father, to minister to people's lives with regard to the need that they have. If there's something they need to... Um, removed from their life, if anxiety or discouragement is somehow trying to overtake them, Father, I pray right now that, that they'll just give that to you. God, I pray that if there's unforgiveness or strife, uh, you know, they've been yielding to these things for whatever the reasons, Father, that today will be a defining moment within their lives that they just say, no more of this. I'm going to walk with the Master. I'm going to do His bidding. I'm going to follow Him. God, I pray for the others that may have a difficult time, Father, with just opening their heart up to you. And God, I pray that again today will uh, be defining for them, that they'll say, you know what, I'm not going to run anymore, but I'm going to be open to what it is that God wants to talk to me about, what it is he wants to share, uh, the things he wants to do in my life. While your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed, please. And uh, again, this isn't something that uh, is intended to uh, be seen at all. But you know, maybe um, as I've shared some things with you today that it's resonated within your heart that you need to do something, that there needs to be movement, a decision that needs to be made in your life in, in whatever the area is. You know, the Holy Ghost and you are the ones that know that. But if by definition of how I've described it, you find in your, in your life that, that, that that applies to you and you're just saying by an uplifted hand, God, I, I'm going to make a change right now. Can I see your hand wherever you are? Okay, thank you. Bless you. Yes, thank you. Bless you. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. God bless you. Once you put your hand up, you can put it back down. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. We open our hearts to you today. Speak to us, Father God, in our lives. I thank you, Father, for the men and women, the couples that are represented here in the church. And Father, we pray for them and their families and their children. And Father, may they be blessed within the canopy and the umbrella of your grace. I thank you, Lord God, for holding them tightly, keeping them by your strength and your power. Father, I thank you for blessing their children, that they grow up, Father, to become stalwart and strong in you. I thank you, Lord, for your blessing in that marriage. That God, the, the differences, the, the, the anxieties, the, the abrasion, uh, the things, Father God, that has brought disharmony, Father, I thank you for making it new. God, may there be conversations heart to heart in men and women's lives that break down the walls and the partitions that has caused hurt and pain and, and division and separation. I thank you, Lord, that in these last days that you, by your love, Father, will knit their hearts together within the common bond of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
I thank you, Lord, for your mercy within our lives. And for those, Father, that responded, that raised their hand, I thank you for meeting them right now where they are about their decisions. And I thank you, Lord, for strengthening them and giving them the ability to succeed. I pray, Father, for those that are here this morning that perhaps have never made a decision to receive Christ. You know, we've talked about giving him our heart, and maybe we've thought maybe that we had, but really, in all honesty, we haven't. There may be those that are online that are watching, Father, and and they've never really made a commitment, a decision to become a follower of you. I pray for them, Father, that right now in this moment, as they hear or as they are here today, these things, Father, that a decision would be made to give you all of their heart, all of their soul, and all of their life. And I just thank you, Father, for your blessing that comes with their obedience. While your heads are bowed, eyes are closed, no one's looking around. If you've never made a decision here this morning to receive him, and you'd say by your uplifted hand, Pastor, would you pray for me? Because I want to make a choice right now. Can I see your hand anywhere at all as I look? Anywhere at all. Thank you, Father. Well, Father, we're so grateful. Grateful, Father God, that we stand within the company of believers. And God, we thank you that in these days, weeks, and even months ahead, that, Father, your grace will rest upon the church powerfully. And we thank you for your goodness and mercy in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Praise God. You may be seated.